Welcome to the Extra Point with Sully, Reyes, Jones, and Mr. Buns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Extra Point. Parting the lack of the exuberant energy that I always exhibit, but today is a tough episode. Today is September 11th, 2018. We are here remembering all the souls that were lost, all the heroes that were lost running back into the building, running towards danger instead of away from it. And to kick it off, we're going to go into something that that was a beacon of hope, if you will, for the city of New York directly after such a tragedy. Um, directly after, immediately after this this devastating attack happened, uh, Commissioner Bug Se- Bud Seeley immediately canceled all the games that day, every single baseball game, and then later uh, the next day he canceled the rest of the games until the following Monday. The two sports teams that were that were very important to the city right after that was the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. The Mets at the time were out of contention. The Yankees had a huge lead in the East. They were guaranteed a playoff spot. But there were two defining moments. Both, you know, both of these teams did something for this for the city that that made us feel alive, made us feel hope. And to kick it off, I'm gonna give it over to my buddy Sully. Uh down three one, no down two one. Two one Mets, yeah, it was two one. The Mets, uh, one Mike of the greatest Piazza. Mets, if not the greatest. Yeah. Mets. Mike, Mike Piazza, Piazza up at the plate. The plate down two one. Uh, two men on. I believe it's the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth. I want to say, bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, I was sitting on my couch. Uh, first game since nine eleven, obviously, and who else other than Mike Piazza hits the. It's the uh, or two two run shot. Excuse me, man. Man, two run shot to give us the three two lead, and we go to the three the three three two victory, and just just such a weight um, off of everyone's shoulders. You know, I I don't know a home run that probably meant more to a city, a state, a a country. Um, It just really you know hugged everyone you know you were with just. Just an incredible moment, really, of just a really shitty, terrible situation. You know, I feel like it, it just brought everyone together, even for that little moment. It was a glimmer of hope yeah. for, you know, for everyone. Um, and it was really just an incredible moment. I remember the exact spot I was sitting in my family room, the exact spot on the couch. Never, never forget that day. Um, and, you know, we'll certainly never forget, you know, everyone who went through that tragedy, lost lives. And, you know, we're thinking about everyone today who... Yeah someone on that day absolutely and and i actually want to even just play the clip because it gives me goosebumps to this day like the play call everything i mean the the call and just just listen lopez wants it away and it's a deep to left center andrew jones on the run this one has a chance Like you could just tell that stadium was was losing its mind. I mean, yeah, I just, the, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, that's what I'm, like yeah, that. like 
Yeah. Even even the call of, that's a home run. Like you could hear it in the his home run. Voice. Howie the, Rose, the, baby. Yeah, the New yeah. York City needed that. It yeah, literally we, needed we that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean that. I don't think that that's literally one of the home runs that anytime anywhere. That's one of the ones that stick out the most because of how important yeah. that was. And even even uh, Rudy Giuliani got the Rudy Rudy chance that night. And Rudy was usually always at Yankee games. And that's, I mean, that that was another thing that really fired me up. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about Mets or Yankees. It wasn't about right or left politics. It wasn't about any divide. It was just about un- unity as a, as, a, as a state, as a city, as a country. And that's really just what I feel like that moment was about. And it just, you know, whether it was, you know, you know, just for a little while, it just made things feel a little bit better. Yeah, for and, anyone struggling, exactly. And it's crazy because you could even you could tell it was in the air that you could tell he was gonna do something. I remember when uh, it was uh, the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem they were playing, and he started crying. You know, and and it's justified. You know, it's such an yeah. a heavy. You know, and then listening to to the to this important uh, song to our nation, and then he goes and crushes that. I mean, it, it was just perfect timing. And even the the hats, the bands. I remember seeing Yankees, Mets, all uh, going to see people. It was it was very important. And uh, Dave, just to flip it over, you know, I know you were twelve at the time. The Yankees. I remember uh, Tory Jeter, and uh, I can't remember who else. But a lot of a lot of the players started go seeing um, the uh, medical responders. A lot of survivors going to the armory. I remember fucking Clemens drove down to Texas because he couldn't catch a flight. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think both the baseball teams were, were such an important part of uh, New York kind of rebounding at that time. Um, you know, the nation was all rallying around the city and um, it was cool to be here. But um, it was, you know, with the Yankees going to the World Series that year, um, even though they lost, it's still, to, to me arguably the greatest and most exciting world series in history um i think six six of the seven games were walk-offs i believe um and you know that's where mr november was born um brocious had a had a couple of really big home runs paul o'neill tino Uh, martinez alfonso soriano had a lot of game time home runs yeah so it was a you know although it didn't result in a in a championship it was it was quite a, a you know two months it was the first november baseball too so you know it's quite a quite a couple weeks and months uh after the after what happened but it was so it was just a it was a eerie and unique time to be in the city and it was uh it's a day that you still look uh, back on proud to be a new yorker um so yeah i mean it was it was a bigger than sports moment and it's really you know just like you guys said it was a time when sports really made us all you know together again and brought us all happiness no matter what was going on yeah and i i remember it vividly um george bush game three when they came back to new york I, I remember we got killed the first two games you know we were a little bit down but there was just an energy in the air we knew as soon as george bush came out in that fdny jacket as soon as he did that there was an electricity in there that i didn't think there was no, there was no shot the yankees were gonna lose that day and it was just one of the craziest times. I mean, you have to remember, Bush wasn't that popular of a president in New York at, at that all. time. 
at all. So it was the added no, thing. Yeah, it was just it really it was wasn't. great to see. Yeah, that, and the dude and the man threw a strike and a yeah. half. Yeah, George Bush. Perfect. George Bush. He used to own the Rangers, so I'm sure he got some BP in. Oh yeah, he he knew how to booze and he knew how to throw out that first pitch. Yeah, I mean, let's just uh, let's listen to that one too. Just and just because I just and please welcome the president of the United States. I mean, the, the cheers he's getting, and then I want to forward it to after he throws it. There's W delivers. I throw a strike down the middle. Look at that. And then everybody goes wild, bro. Like, and it was, it was no just chance like, for, no chance for Zona. Oh, they had no chance. Yeah, I no think chance. the whole country, besides Arizona, was all rooting <clears> for New York, and and that's just a rare, rare thing. To happen for a Yankees team where everybody else is rooting for you. Even I you know? was rooting for the Yankees. Yeah, because you wanted it to happen for New York. You know yeah. what I mean? And then that's that's like the only time I've rooted for the Yankees. I like. <laughs> Obviously, I had like, like it was just everyone doesn't matter. You you were rooting for them. If you weren't from the Diamondbacks, I feel like you you know if you weren't from Arizona, you were rooting for the Yankees. Absolutely, and that's what's. Uh, Inspired uh, Pat Tillman to leave behind his uh, football playing days and go off and fight in the war. And, you know, we also want to honor him here because that that's a extremely an incredible display of heroism for literally giving up everything, you know, money, everything, and then going and fighting and doing what he did. So hats off to him as well. Yeah, all right. So um let's get uh let's get into it. It was the first week of baseball. <clears throat> I mean of baseball, of football, and there was a lot of exciting games, a lot of crazy games, a lot of blowouts. The Jets trounced the Lions. The Raiders, they got Chucky back. They they got trounced by the Rams who looked very formidable that that front seven looked very good. Jerry Cook was basically the only guy getting uh, targets from uh, Derek Carr. The Texans and Pats played. That was a good game. The Pats were basically in control the whole game, but it came down to the wire for them. And the Cardinals just look abysmal. Looks like John, Josh Rosen is going to start uh, sooner than everyone thought. You know, Sam Bradford was said to have such a good camp and all that. But let's start it off with uh, one of the Monday Nighter games, uh, Sully. What do you think about your your Jets? What they did to the Lions? We made uh, we made a professional football team look really bad, Very and that's bad. not something I've really experienced too often in the past. You know, four four to six years, um, it was great. You know, you said it. You know, you said it was going to probably be the best thing for Sam once he threw that pick, and you know, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Sam Sam's resilient. He's he's calm. He you know, he's got a demeanor, a presence, a, a intangible, whatever you want to call it about him that, you know, kind of the reason that a lot of people thought he was going to go number one overall for the past couple of years. So I really 
didn't doubt him. It was the most Jet thing over to, ever to throw that pick six, obviously. He had to. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but we just, you know, the defense looked relentless. I thought our defense, uh, a lot of people slept on our defense going in. Not that they'll be that dominant going forward. And I think people slept on our skill position players that, um, you know, I didn't really have too much doubt about Donald. I didn't think he was going to shit the bed, but the guys like Crowell, Powell, and Robbie Anderson, and New Wives, a little bit of everyone. That's what you're going to see from yeah. the Jets. Not going to see one star take over, maybe a game or two, but we don't have that one star. Javon Kirsten play. We'll get uh, McGuire back week eight or nine. There's just, it's it's kind of just by committee. It's just in the receiving game, startling the young tight end. Uh, we have the other tight end, uh, Chris Herndon, who's not, I don't think he's active yet, but he's from my, from the U. So we got. We got a lot of guys that can, you know, do their job. They're just not the typical, you know, names, the the stars, so to speak. Yeah, you know, people yeah. they're always I hear, you know, on ESPN, you know, his, you know, his, uh, his his supporting cast won't help or anything. And yeah, I'm just like yeah. I disagree. If everyone does their job and you know, Stam stays humble, it's not too high, too low, and he, they say that he does exactly that. And you could see after the touchdowns, he's excited. He's he's keeping his demeanor because he knows. Next pick, my next next throw could be a pick six. He's very exactly. calm, cool demeanor. Um, I just loved what I saw. I thought it was a complete game. The return, the punt return touchdown, the rushing touchdowns, the you know, Sam sixteen to twenty one. It was it was a perfect game, and that may only happen once if at all the rest of the year. But I think you got to look at the Jets going forward. You know, we're a solid, good team, and. You know, we we could make a wild card possibly, you know. I know yeah. it's early, but, you know, in the AFC, there's no reason why we can't win nine games in this division, too. Like, yeah. You've got a good schedule to start, too. You've got, yeah, what, the Dolphins got, next week and then the Browns. Browns. Yeah. And then you got to play Jacksonville, but that Browns mean, won't be other easy. Than, I don't, we'll beat the Browns. You, you get the Dolphins. I mean, you get two games against Buffalo. And that, that, that's know, exactly. There's, there's conceivably five there if we beat, you know, if we go one and one against the Dolphins, two and zero oh against the Bills, beat the Browns. That's five and one right there out of those six games. Who knows if yeah. they'll go that way? But there's tons of winnable games, like I said, in the AFC. But like I said, if we're in the NFC, that's, it would be tough for us to get six wins, maybe, you know, with <laughs> Rams all this. But in the AFC, you know, we're not going to contend for the division, but. Do you see this? Uh, do you guys see this stuff today about the uh, that the Jets like knew what plays were coming and they knew yeah. what Stafford was calling? Yeah. I didn't like all the hang signals, that, but they like knew what was coming essentially for the first Apparently half. They of the just game. studied it. Apparently, they just like I heard. I read they they just they just studied like that's what uh, all the same hand signals. Everything was the same. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. Oh, so they there wasn't like any like. Tom no, Ford it wasn't anything on. shady. Yeah, it was just like, you no. know, they, you know, there was Patricia had complete turnover out of all of his coordinators, aside from Jim Bob Cooter. Had to get that in there. Yeah, um, Bob Cooter. You know, and, uh, you know, I guess Jim Bob Cooter just, you know, kept everything the same as last year. The Jets studied that very well. They came up prepared. You know, Bowles is a coach that will come prepared, almost always. And uh, the Jets did their homework. And, you know, I was shocked. We knew, like, I guess literally every single play, because Stafford looked like. Stafford looked like the rookie. <laughs> he was yeah, he was throwing yeah, four four picks. That's not good. There was a play where that was directly on Stafford, where you guys were running a zone disguised as man. So he ran the play. The linebackers dropped back into coverage. I mean, he he was looking towards his uh, his receiver on the left hand side, 
and he l- stared him down through it, and then Lee came and picked. That was the pick six play. But yeah, you have to recognize that. You have to recognize that. If you see that the corner is just sitting back, you know, maybe just fucking realize there's a, a linebacker sitting on that route there. But that was like that was horrible. But a lot of this does fall on Matt Patricia. It, uh, these reports have been coming out. You know, Dave, you alluded to it that the team basically gave up on him yesterday. But th- these reports have been coming out basically since he got there because he's been trying to instill this whole Patriot um uh culture there and he just keeps running his team like for any mistake they make they have to run a shit ton and that's not really the best way to coach like the younger guys when you're not such an established coach like a Bill Belichick can do that cuz he's uh he's an established guy Sean Payne can do that cuz he's an established guy all right this formula works but when you're a Matt Patricia and then you got guys on the roster bubble want an extra rep and then you're talking about oh no just go run because i'm pissed off you know that's not gonna sit well with guys like that you know what i'm saying so this here here, if i could just butt in for one thing i i kind of i do the disciplinarian in me does like that and i don't think you can't do that if you're a rookie coach yeah i don't like herm edwards did that i know early on and he you know it's a different time you know era and he he got a lot of respect um from you know Jets, Chiefs, and yeah, he is he is a first year player, but I think maybe it's, you know, he's not a, he doesn't seem like a very personal guy. Maybe that's he just rubs them the wrong way, you know. I I don't, yeah, you know, he's he a, seems like a, such he doesn't seem like I, you guys would know more than me. He seems like you know, I don't know, he doesn't seem too personal to me. Maybe he seems he just seems like a very mad guy. Yeah, he mm-hmm. just seems very you know just like. Maybe you know he's not like someone like Sean McVay, so a polar opposite. Someone that connects with the players, the players want to play for. Someone that you really just want to block for. You know they he gets to know them personally. Like Patricia yeah. seems like a polar opposite. So maybe they just like they don't feel a connection to this guy, and they're like, I don't know who this guy is. I didn't really mind Caldwell. He did a decent job nine and seven, and maybe a little bitter and just like I don't know. He just pisses me off. He pisses well, me I off mean, when I look I mean- at him. What, what? Uh, I think Patricia, he just like yeah. Patricia came from a fear-based organization. So what do you expect? But this is the thing, Tom, and I'll add to this. And and I said it. I remember. I don't know who asked me. Oh, how do you think of uh, the like Patricia leaving? That's huge. And I was like, honestly, like I like Patricia, but his defense was a little bit too conservative for my liking. But another thing is, if you looked at Patricia yesterday, it was the same thing we've seen for the last five years. Patricia, when things went wrong, he just stood there. I mean, he's coached when he's with us, you know, like you see him coaching, but he stood there thinking like something was going to fix itself. Kind of like trying to wish into existence that Bill Belichick or Tom Brady was going to show up and maybe bail him out. But it was his body language that was so porous. And as a head coach, you can't just sit there sulking and then say, oh, I give up. He, He said that yesterday. Like if you read his lips, he literally said, I give up. You never say that. You, you try to get something like maybe a positive drive that you could carry momentum into the next game. So I, I agree in that regard where I don't think he is very personable, even though he is, you know, apparently he does read Barstow and he's all into this like pop culture stuff. But you have to be more pers- personable. Like you could be dis- discipline, uh, disciplinarian, as you said, Sully. But if you in- you communicate that to the guys, hey, you know, I'm doing this for your your own good. Instead of being like, well, we're going to do it just because I want you to fucking do it. You're going to get two different types yeah. of responses. The way it comes across, I agree. that I feel like that's probably what... And Tom, I know you said, you know, that's the Patriot way, but 
you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, coaches that they have tremendous success with the Pats, but you know, when they leave, they don't really have the best success. So I don't know. You know, I don't know. yeah. Sully, your your mic keeps cutting out. Like you're like fading away. That's my mic. For some reason, when you talk, it's like, oh, Dave, I think something. Dave, mute your mic real quick. Dave. Uh, Dave, it's something in your apartment. Yeah, okay, Dave, now it's good. going on. Yeah. Now it completely went away now, but it was like something was blowing before. Yeah, yeah I think it was yeah, the AC. We... Nah. What? Yo, talk, Dave. Oh, you're on mute, too. Now, now we good? Yeah, you sound I'm good. still hear it a little. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a breeze. I think it's his AC. I think because Dave's literally <laughs> melting in his apartment. It's, it's off. It's off. Oh. I just turned it off. You swear? Alpha turned you off. You swear? <laughs> yeah. It off. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where was I? Back to the regularly scheduled. You were program. saying Tom? Yeah. Tom. Oh yeah, Tom. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's gonna be. You know. You know, discipline's good. Like I said. Like, but you know, something with you know these guys, these coordinators. Once they leave, they don't really have much success once they leave the Patriot organization. And I and I think Vrabel's going to do great with the Titans. I really do. I don't know why, but I think I do. I think he'll do well, but I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but it's just, it, it, I think you touched upon it. It's just, I mean, it, all pro sports today, co- the number one thing I think is most important in coaching is being able to connect with your players because it's the same as like any job. Like if you don't, if you hate your boss, you're not going to want to do work for him. Like you're not going to want to go you know, do that extra, go that extra mile or stay that extra half hour, or, you know, work extra hard on that project. You just like, you don't want to, you know, you're not behind the, the cause, you know, and it's, it's probably the same with, with co- this situation and coaching in general, where you just, if, if they're not, if yes, you can be hard on them and, and have that disciplinary attitude, but if you're not showing them that you care for them in other ways or other areas, they're not going to come to bat for you because there's no message behind the the discipline. You know, there's no there's no reasoning in in that's just the natural way a human's going to perceive it. Um, you know, if I, I've had hard coaches before growing up, I'm sure we all anyone who's played a significant amount of sports has. Um, and you know, there are times you want to hit hit them in the face with a baseball bat, but like at the end of the day, the good ones that you you know you still cherish those memories are the ones that showed you they they were supporting you in other ways and showed you know showed their when when you did something well, how how appreciative they were. So absolutely, it, it makes you work for that appreciation because you want the validation from that person because you respect them. And it's just if you can't connect to someone, you don't have any respect for someone. Oh. Then yeah, I totally it, get it. And it goes to you know I, I you look at videos all the time. Look at fucking uh, Parcells. Parcells was notorious for talking shit to his players, but but you know. Pressing the right buttons, like saying, for instance, if a guy fucked up in college or, you know, if he came from another team and he got, you know, destroyed by this defender, he would he would say that. He'd be like, oh, you're going to fucking smoke like this or that. And then that player would have would respond with a dominant game. You know what I'm saying? It was just you have to push the right buttons. You don't want to completely disrespect the player or, you know, not show any positive reinforcement. But speaking of Parcells, and speaking of a team that he coached before and led to a Super Bowl championship, the New York Giants fall fell to the Jacksonville Jaguars twenty to fifteen this weekend. Dave, uh, can you take it? Let's see. Uh, what you see 
out there? I mean, I think there's definitely positives and negatives to pull out of the game. Um, uh, I think it, it's uh, it's trouble. It, you know, it's annoying that it was a winnable game, and um, you know, the Giants had a few chances to really stay in that game and just made some really costly mistakes. Um, you know, st- Eli's tip pick six. You know, that's just the worst outcome you can imagine there. Um, the, you know, obviously the muff punt, but I'm not really on that too much because, you know, you're getting the ball back with 40 seconds. It's, it's a Hail Mary to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the defense played really well. Um, it was really great to see Eli Apple have a great game. He had four or five pass deflections, played great coverage the whole day. Um, he's going to be really important because the Giants are not they do not have a lot of depth at cornerback. Um, and so, the good thing, sorry to cut you off. The good thing if our, you know, the Bleacher Fan Faithful read those camp notes I, I wrote for the site, they would have known Apple has been having a very strong camp. Go ahead. No, that was that was a good call on your part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's still some growing pains with the offensive line. Um, Saquon looked great for the most part. Obviously, the huge run was great. Um, he he. What I really liked about him is he's he's patient, but he's also not a guy who's gonna you know, take five cutbacks to get there. He he seemed to always turn one yard or no gain into two or three or four yards. Um, and I thought that was really nice poise to see out of him as a rookie. Um, play calling was a little questionable, but there was there was a lot of drops. Um, you know, Shepard dropped a couple of big passes that would have gave us a chance to win. So did Ingram. Um, and a couple penalties, but overall, you know, I think Eli's looked a little better than last year. I loved how much they got the ball to Odell. Odell looked, you know, just as good as he's ever looked. Um, and, you know, I think there's definitely bright spots, but, you know, we were with, we, we were, had a very winnable game against a, a team that was in the AFC championship last year. I mean, I don't agree that they're that same team, but they're still that same defense. And, um, yeah. you know, and Jalen Ramsey did not cover Odell well. So, they would have won that game if it was for Eli. But Eli, he just he missed a lot of the throws to Odell. He did. He did. Yeah, that was that. That, that was really there was that the, one that was like wide that open. One, yeah, what was it? Yeah, what, it was like a, it was like a, to, and yeah, he had to throw like a, a five ten yard rainbow and like yeah. just or through him. Yeah, there was one where I was like, if Eli doesn't uh, hit Odell here, it's gonna be over. It was Odell, and he was being covered by Barry Church. And I was like, this is a for sure touchdown. There's no shot Barry yeah. Church could cover him. And it was at least two or three times where they went underneath on that. And I'm just like, yo, take the fucking top off this guy. Like, yeah. I, I also would have liked I would have liked that pass interference call um on the or I think it was, you know, the third and whatever that made us turn the ball over. Um yeah. I thought that was as clear cut pass interference as it gets. The guy was looking into the fucking 10th row behind him, nowhere near the ball. And yeah, there's, there's sometimes there's an inconsistency with that, although it should be called, I agree. Sometimes they don't call that, though, even though yeah. they did make change the rule. It's like, because he, he wasn't all over him, but like, I also, yeah, he didn't play the ball. I also don't get this, like, as we, I said it last night, like, it, this isn't a new rule, like, that you have to be looking at the ball and then you could yeah. knock into someone. Like, just yeah. fucking turn your head around. Are you kidding? Like, who yeah. cares if, like, it's so easy. It's so Just simple. look in the general direction. Yeah. yeah. It's not – what are you telling me? You're playing better defense not looking than fucking looking? The, I, don't, I don't get what the big deal is. In case they catch it, they want to fall on top of them and tackle yeah. them. I don't know. And sometimes, They don't want to, like, turn around and be, you know. Yeah. 
And sometimes if you, if play, you make like if you a attack, like if, if you make a quick like sometimes if you make that quick body shift, you could fall over though too. Not not saying that it, it they shouldn't. You know, it, it's so many cornerbacks. You see them just run straight into the receiver. Like yeah, get your fucking head around. That should be taught in camp every fucking day. As, yeah, as long as the well, new tackling rules. You know when, uh, like, all you have to do is look at a receiver's face. You know when his eyes light up and the ball's coming his way. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not hard. Like, that's what you train to do. Like, you got 15 years of experience of reading wide receivers' faces. Like, that's enough data to figure the fuck out. That's just yeah. Me. You know, and and you hit something that I agree with you. The play call I didn't like it that much either. There are a lot of plays where you know it was a complete giveaway. We're like, okay, this is going to be a run. Second and 20, dude's running a draw play. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It was uh, the worst one of the day was that we ran a double reverse to Odell on like our own eight-yard line on like third and 12. And it was a negative play. What the fuck are you doing, Shermer? Yeah, we lost like four (laughs) yards and punted from our end zone. Oh, man. That is – that – yeah. But Pretty good I, performances. I that, that won't work against the Jaguars. Maybe it'll work I, against like the Raiders yeah. or the Lions. Yeah. That, that being said, I am very excited to be going to our second home, AT and T Stadium in Dallas, where we can play. <laughs> where we I can mean, play the not so very good Dallas Cowboys this year. I, oh yeah, I mean, against yeah, right literally the fucking worst team from this week. Honestly, they were yeah. so bad. They were so. How do you not score more the than one thing? Their Panthers. defense was good. Give their defense looked good. That's the one thing I'll take away if you're a Dallas fan. Yeah, they lost Demarcus Lawrence. They would have lost by thirty. They lost. They lost uh, Demarcus Lawrence and someone else too. How long is the Lawrence injury though? I don't know, but he was taken out of the game. But yeah, I thought the Cowboys. Wasn't Gregory? Was it? Well, they lost Gregory. They're gonna lose Gregory to suspension. Yeah, but um, which is is supposed to come down this week, so he wasn't supposed to be available for week one. So we'll see where where when it happens, but they're expecting it to happen this week. Well, a la Zeke Elliott last year. Yeah, that, that's that, true. Yeah, who knows with this? But that was like more subjective. This is I, he failed a he failed a this is a substance abuse related relapse. Yeah, uh, well, didn't he? He admitted to it. He, I don't know if he failed something, right? He just admitted. Yeah, he might not have failed something, but it it, it he relapsed. Yeah, it's officially classified as a substance abuse relapse. Yeah, yeah, he relapsed on the on his shit. So, but yeah, it's, like, he gets like he's addicted to something now. It's like the NFL told him like hey, you can't fucking drink, and he got caught partying at a club, wasted. You know, like yeah. Not a good speaking look. speaking of the Cowboys, let's just stay on that game now. You know, Panthers Cowboys. I, I I honestly gave no shot to the Cowboys for winning this game. I mean, I definitely like like you guys said the Dallas defense, which was another thing. Draft day, we spoke about it. I, I loved some of the pieces that they added. And even when they lost uh, the guys to injuries during this game, they still held the Panthers to, you know, 16 points. Greg Olsen again down with injury, which is awful. He's mucked with a fucking that might fractured be, foot. That might that be might it be for him, career. man. Yeah. yeah, that might be yeah. it for him. Yeah, yeah. I think I really think <laughs> it is. They, the, the Panthers were like, every Panther was like, you know, like not like, they were clearly upset, like not on the brink of tears, but like yeah. down that going down that road. Um, and it's just, you know, there's like there might not be a better like guy Luke in the Keekly NFL. Got hurt than too. Luke, yep. and, and then to, the, to your point, it may not be a better guy than Luke Keekley. <laughs> he got hurt. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. um, Luke Keekly, I got his jersey. He always that, gets hurt. In that game, I think I think both teams really showed deficiencies on offense. Um, Carol, as bad as Dallas looked, Carolina did not look much better. Um, I think that's Devin Funch. Yeah, that's really what it was. They, I mean, outside of, Christian McCaffrey was their highest receiver in receptions, targets, and yards. Yeah, and but yards and outside. Yards. Of, yeah, yeah. Their whole offense was, was, Cam, was Cam running the ball. Yeah, yeah and Christian McCaffrey fucking out routes to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, th- outside of that, it was Devin Funchess had uh, three three catches for forty yards. Yeah. And that was that was their offense. So it really didn't. Uh, it just. I think it was more Dallas's defense playing well and and Dallas's offense not playing well more than Carolina's defense really shutting them down. But I think it was just like I, I mentioned today, like Carolina just or Dallas doesn't throw the ball deep. Dak is scared to throw the ball deep. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I mean, some of that's on play calling, but at the same time, he hasn't attempted a pass more than 18 yards in the last like three games or some shit. It's some crazy stat. Um, but it's just like you look at the spray chart of his throws and it's like, dude, the guy's throwing like dump passes 60% of the time. And, you know, some of that's probably the offensive line, which was really not good on on. Uh, yeah. Some. How did that fall to this? I'll like that you. was it one of the best like, lines line to, you know, the, the, I think right now in that game, only one of that Hall of Fame caliber line from two years ago was playing. Travis Frederick being oh. the second. They lost two to free agency last year, and I think one this year. Right. Yeah, Frederick's and not so playing, though. Now that – yeah, and Frederick's yeah. out. So it's so only yeah. one, like Dave said. Yeah. Not only is that line not the Hall of Fame line it was two years ago, it's not even a very good line at all. Yeah, it's, it's just, not even average. Uh, and that, yeah. that takes away – that literally neutralizes the average. whole threat. Yeah. It does because – and there's no – and because of Dak going deep – or not going deep, every corner was playing the under route, and they were just – Jumping routes, pick six, or you know, yeah. picking it off, like batting it down. It was just not. They never had a chance. And, and I'll tell you, it goes deeper than that. And and I agree with you. You know, it's very alarming Dak not going deep. But then look at, you know, I, I like the Hearns edition. You have to go deep to Hearns. That that was the big year that Bortles had. He was going deep to Hearns and um, Allen Robinson. But then you look at it. Cole Beasley seven for seventy three. You know, Thompson, 3 for 27. Swain, 3 for 18. You know, uh, Williams, 1 for 6. They have surrounded Dak with literally no talent. Not you know, right. you thought that, that all right, they added to Von Austin and all this other shit. But then if you're going to utilize these guys, I, I, I see where they're trying to do. They're trying to dink and dunk. They're trying to eat away and then, you know, run it with, with Zeke and then just wear down that, de- that defense. Yeah, but that's not going to work. Where you got... Like you guys said, no O-line, so Zeke's not getting any rushing penetration. Zeke had 15 for 69. A lot of those rushes weren't early on. I think they they, they still, if they can't establish Zeke, they're, they're not going to win games, bottom line. But they need bottom to line. establish Zeke, they need to enforce their will, and then they need to set up the play action deep to Alan Hearns or someone. Exactly. Because they, those players, like they when they dinked and dunked last year, they had... They had Bryant. They had Jason Witten, who we alluded to earlier in the chat. Those guys are, you know, maybe not, you know, they're probably Hall of Famers, you know. Well, Witten definitely does Bryant yeah. possibly. Des Bryant was very inefficient, but he he still was a big, physical, strong receiver who exactly. could make make plays. Now you got now you have guys that, and they lost Bryce Butler, who I thought was a good, uh, a big, uh, solid. He was a burner. He was a, he was a speed, yeah, yeah, he was a deep threat they had last year, and they lose him. So 
I mean, Cole Beasley is solid. You know what you're going to get from him. He he did his job great, but he can't be the top receiver. He, he can have At four all. catches, 50 yards. Like, yeah, he's a poor man's Julian Edelman. Exactly. Yeah, they need to get a tight end. I don't even know who their tight ends are. Their tight ends are egregious. It's uh, Rico <laughs> Gathers. Rico yeah. Gathers. Yeah. Rico yeah. Gathers and Greg Swain. Yeah. Yeah. Former, former Baylor basketball player. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Dude, if the, if the Cowboys don't do something about this O-line, they're going to have no shot at establishing any authenticity to their play action. It's going to be complete. They're going to be able to see through everything, and mm-hmm. Dak's going to have no time in the pocket. If they can't get Zeke going, dude, their season's a, their season's a wash at this and, point. They might not. Dak, they, they, might, they might be looking at 6-6-10. Six, six and ten. And I, I, think, I think some of this problem lies in the fact that they don't trust Dak to make throws. Like, he's, he's well, proven he's, he's not, not a, a playmaker. Yeah, he's, like, not, he's not at all. I think that first season, he just was able to do much more because you had no choice but to respect the play action because chances were that run game, Zeke, was yeah, running, Zeke was running through the middle of that line and he was going to burn you for 25 yards. And they didn't have like, film on Dak. So, you, you know, a lot of those yeah. rookies play much better, you know, and then like Jimmy exactly. G. I mean, we got we got tape yeah. on Jimmy G. We got, yeah, now we have the full – and uh, just a, one last thing about the Cowboys. Scott Linehan – he did a fucking awful job as well with this play call because everything was straight up. You could tell the Panthers were reading everything. And Des Bryant, you know, he's sitting on the couch. Yeah, and there was a lot of Cowboys fans chirping him because he was saying this, but he was spot on with this. You could tell everything, Dak, all the hand signals, all the audibles. You could literally see what he was going to. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, they're overloading the left side. I'm going to run into the right. Or, like, Dak, that's pedestrian and, shit. And the one play call I liked that scored them the touchdown with the only touchdown with Elliott. That's how they need to get the ball. They need to get the ball to Zeke in creative ways. And that's on Lenahan. Like the, he, that touchdown was like a little, it was a, you know, it was a, it was an option. It was a, it was yeah. an option. He flipped yep. it to Zeke and Zeke, Zeke ran in easily. You know, they may have to do like an option because Dak may have to put his body in the line because he can run. He's, he's fast and athletic. So they may have to do some sort of option and give it to Zeke. You know, you can go for Dak and cause they need to be creative. They can't just, they can't just, you know, cause then they're going to line up eight, Nine even in the box, and then they're, they're going to stop them. So uh, they need to be creative. I mean, do you do you think uh, Jerry Jones finds a new quarterback? They go six and ten. It depends the quarterback. I mean, who, who, who we? I mean, I mean right it's now, no right, secret. It's no secret he didn't want him in in the beginning, but it kind of had no choice when he did what he did rookie year. Yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who? I mean, I, most quarterbacks probably wouldn't matter because I mean. Wouldn't matter much because with that line. Teddy right Bridgewater. Now, Teddy Bridgewater. No, no, no. They're gonna bring Romo back, dude. I think they're bringing Romo they're, back. They're they're definitely I'm just Teddy saying, Bridgewater. you don't nah, think he'd go at Terry, Terry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater over Dak if they go six and ten? I would. Nah, I would. I'm gonna tell yeah. you right now. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm gonna tell you right now. He no. Jerry Jones is licking his lips. He's been watching that new Kristen Cavallari show. He's always he's gonna be. His lips. He's look. He's he's preparing he's like, to. To bring back Jay Cutler out of retirement to run this Cowboys offense for him. Him and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson especially. He might have something wrong with him. Sorry. Sorry, Jimmy. But he's always literally licking his lips. Dude, I was making I was making a list of, of quarterbacks not in the NFL that are better than Nathan Peterman today. I said I could name 50. And, and Jay Cutler was definitely on that list. Oh, Jay Cutler is definitely on that list. Dude, well, I'd like, be better I than Nathan have, Peterman. I also have guys on the list like... Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, 
at least 10 college quarterbacks. Like Terrell Owens, who's a wide receiver, but Capani still play. CFL, I don't. I don't know all their give, names. Give me but... the rookie on Clemson. Give me the rookie on Clemson with the long Kelly blonde Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly yeah. Bryant and the other guy, the other kid. Yeah. Give me both, both of them. them. <laughs> it's just like, what do you? There's, what do you mean? He's the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL that I've ever laid eyes on. He and might that, as well. And that, and that includes Jamarcus Russell and Lee. Jamarcus Russell was also uh, both Yo. Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf were on the list. Yeah, that's that's bad. I mean, the here's guys the thing, throwing for. Here's the thing with the Bills. Did you have Dan Orlovsky on there? The Bills don't think Josh what? Allen is. Who? Dan Orlovsky. Oh gone. no, he can't be. He may be better than Dan Orlovsky because <laughs> Orlovsky's old and. But that or, or Curtis Painter, remember? Probably oh a better. Oh my painter. God, Jake Locker. Probably a better painter. How about Jake Locker? Jake Locker. Jake Locker was, was on the list. Jake Locker. Here's the was thing on with the Bills, though. I think yeah. I think they're they feel in between because they we know Josh Allen isn't ready, and that's fine. They don't want to rush him. They don't want to ruin his development. So they're saying we're throwing out Peterman and just be as good as you can. And that's not even decent. That's not even bad. That's just horrendous. But my mistake is then why do you get rid of A.J. McCarron? A.J. McCarron would have been the perfect fixture for the next year, you know, 10 to 20 games. A.J. McCarron is competent. He's, you know, somewhat intelligent. He's intelligent. He can he can make checkdowns. He can he can make throws. We've seen him do it in the on the playoff stage before. I thought they had the perfect guy to bridge the gap for the next year or so to Josh Allen, but they traded him away and went with Nate Peterman. And that's where the Bills lost me, and I think they'll probably be the worst or second worst team. And yeah, this is the thing: they traded him for a fifth round pick, which on it's a good value pick. You know, on the surface, you look at that and like, all right, maybe I would have made the trade too. But it's, it's just like you said. So you're going to turn your franchise over to Nathan Peterman. Basically, what the Bills are saying: we're just going to forego this year. Yeah, that's saying you don't care to your fans we after don't a nine shit. seven yeah. year. Exactly, we don't give Why a shit. Why do you think they're back go. Tyrod Taylor? I love Tyrod Taylor. I think he's so yeah. underrated. Like he was going to win too many games. They, they, they wanted hated a new quarterback. I guess, I guess so. They but here's the thing: where, where do you lose your fans? I mean, they have good fans, but like, it just I, I feel you for them. I'm a, I'm a Jet fan, and I'm saying I feel for them. I looked up Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor in three seasons with the Bills, he's two games over 500 with the Bills in those rosters. And in and forty three games, I believe it was only uh, fourteen interceptions in three seasons of starting, like or thirteen or fourteen yeah. interceptions. Like he takes care of the ball. He's going to keep you in games. Like he's a very he's not a franchise quarterback. He's like right off the fringe of the franchise quarterback. There's like those seventeen eighteen guys that I feel like can win you a Super Bowl or or like give you a chance to get to one. And it's like Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. Those guys are on the outside looking in. And even Jalen, like even Jalen Ramsey, when he went on that tirade, he said he like T-Mobile was yeah. one of those guys. He, where, no, he was pretty. He was pretty. He was pretty spot on for the most part. He yeah, overacted like, to a couple of people, but he was like so and so trash. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> and and he was spot on with T-Mobile. He was saying it was like this guy. He gets overlooked a lot, but he's ve- yeah. he's way better than people think. Yeah. No, I I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, and like. I think he should be the quarterback of the year for the Browns. If you want to win games, I think he should be the guy. And I like, I like, uh, I really like Baker. But let Baker sit. Let, let, let Baker sit. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. speaking of another team of letting a guy sit and another quarterback overperforming, Sully, you know him. I've hated him. Um, Fitz Magic. <laughs> oh, Fitz Magic. <laughs> Maybe how can you love it? Bucks with the Tampa Bay Bucks beating the Northern Saints with the biggest upset I think of Week One, 
uh, 48 to 40. This is a little bittersweet, bittersweet for me because I had the New Orleans Saints defense in DraftKings. And let's just say it was not pretty. It was a bloodbath. Uh, Fitzmagic throwing four touchdowns, just balling out the Tampa Bay running Bucks. Yeah, running for – he was balling. Mike Evans, seven catches, 147 yards. Deshaun Jackson, five catches, 146 yards. I mean, this is the showing that the Bucks wanted to see last year. Chris Godwin for, scored a touchdown, another young receiver. Yep. Get on your Howard. fantasy alerts. Get on your fantasy alerts, buddy. Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson's concussion. He's always injured. He Chris had like a one – loves fi- Godwin. Love Chris Godwin. And yeah, he had he had like a 158 passer rating Fitzpatrick this week. Perfect, right? Yeah, 158.3. Yeah. It? Yeah, 158.3. Yeah, that's perfect. 158.3 is perfect. That's what he had. Yep. No, 156.3 he had. Ah, uh, then no, not perfect. Yeah. Dude, I'm pissed. I had the I had the Saints and the under, so none of that went my way. Oh yeah, clearly. <laughs> None of that went my way. Here's the thing though with Fitz. Here's the thing with Fitzpatrick, where I think I I don't you know I th- I saw Stephen A. Smith had the Bucks in his top five. Uh, you know, it was for the first week or whatever. But like, all right, but relax, Stephen A. Smith. You can't have the Bucks in your top five power rankings. Like, what are you doing, Stephen A. Like, it's a good story. I understand. Here's the thing about the Bucks. They may win some games that they they could win maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven games. I mean, they're not gonna be a real threat, obviously, but Fitzpatrick is a leader. He he knows how to he knows what it takes to compete and get people on his side. He got the whole he tricked the whole Jets organization. Like you saw that run, that three yard run, like who did he take on? He he beat him into the end zone. Like Fitzpatrick, he he's a guy you wanna play for. Like he throws he's a warrior. He saw, like, Show the energy with that that touchdown. He was like going crazy. The Djax. He's just a guy you want to play for. Like he he has leadership qualities. And you look at someone like Jameis Winston, and he's just not a leader. He's got all the intangibles. He could be a tremendous. He tries to be. I, I, he try. He sucks on his fingers and does all these other yeah. things. <laughs> but Jameis Winston has all the tools, and he could. Re- I feel like because I did. I like Jameis Winston. I, I I do like him, but he's just such a. As Stephen A. said, he's such a knucklehead. Like. If he got it together and learned a lot from Fitzpatrick, he could he he could still what is he twenty four? He could still rewrite his career. This but, is, and Sully, I'm glad I agree with every single point you made. Uh, this is a humble pie for Jameis, and yes. he has to notice that guys have been taken out of this league for less than that, with similar talents to to that he has, and he needs to come. If he comes back and He's allowed to be the starting quarterback again because I, I don't know. I have to see Fitzpatrick do this for three to four weeks. We all know Fitzpatrick can do this for a season and then shit the bed in the playoffs, as I've seen him do quite a few times. But this is I think this is Winston's last chance. He can't be a franchise quarterback. He he definitely doesn't have those leadership skills, as you said. He tries to be a leader. You know, when they did the hard knocks, I saw some things that I did like from him when uh his backup, I think Fitz got got hurt, or or this other guy, and he was pissed with his offensive lineman because they were just laughing and shit. Was it Glennon? It was Glennon. No, was it Glennon? It was Glennon who got hurt. Glennon it was, was like, a, yeah. And um, I mean, that's all I have to say about that game. Breeze. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I will say this though. Not to go, I think there's a good chance that week four that Fitzpatrick still is the. The quarterback, and I think that'll be a good thing for both Winston and the Bucks. 
I think Winston's going to have to earn his spot. And I think by week six, seven, or eight, he will have regained his spot because well, Fitzpatrick will do, you know, his classic, you know, six picks packs six of games. Picks, where he yeah. puts picks to everyone. It's going to can- be candy for everyone. But I, I think Winston's going to have to earn it in practice. And that that's where he has to earn it in practice. And I hope he does because he's, he's really on his last on his yeah. last legs. One one quick shout out to fucking Alvin Kamara. Whoever has him in fantasy. Oh. Hats off to you. Two touchdowns rushing, 112 yards receiving, and another touchdown. This guy is a fucking dynamic. He's player. a monster. My only I really I don't want to jinx him, but I really hope he doesn't get injured because he's not a big guy and he's taking up on a big workload. That's why it scares me with him. Really big yeah. workload for a little guy. But What do you got to say, Dave? Um, yeah, I mean, just everyone talks about Fitz magic and how he's put, it's all these magical performances. What the magic actually means is that it's all a fucking illusion. And every one of these motherfucking teams gets tricked every time. It's like, it's, it's like six or seven times it's happened now. It's a, it's literally insanity. The definition is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. It's the same fucking thing. We tweet, we Instagram the picture today about the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle, and I don't know if I've ever seen anything more spot on in my entire life. Is get released, get signed as a backup, starter gets hurt, thrown into a game, play very well, earn starting spot, get paid, suck, get released, and the cycle starts all yep. over again. It's literally happened five or six times in his career. Every single team he's been to, he's done this, and. It, you don't learn the Jets dodged a fucking bullet by not re-signing him. If they he had signed that three-year deal, think about how different their life would be right now. And you wouldn't have Sam Darnold, and you wouldn't be trending in the right direction. You'd be fucked with fits. Very good and, point. Yeah. And that's it. So you know, I mean, it. It's just I don't understand these people. Like, sure, he's he'll probably have like he probably have a good three games. He'll probably. He might even start the fourth. I think he'll actually will start the fourth because Jameis will come back kind of like expecting it, expecting the job back. And I think he'll have a bad fourth and fifth game. And Jameis will come in and kind of have a really good resurgent year, um, win some ball games for them and kind of earn back the spot. I think that's what it's going to take for Jameis. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, if I'm the Bucks, I'm like, I don't, I don't, just don't fall for it. It's a fucking trick. It's an illusion. It's a trap. We've seen it before a million times. We fucking know. We know the, the girl's not really getting I, cut I in half. I think they just like playing for him. I think the players like like that he's a leader, and they've been missing that in a lot of the areas like the Jets and the Bucks, and I think with the Titans and the Bills, they've they've been missing that leader. And I think he does a good job of filling that role, and he's a very likable guy to want to play for and play hard. But no, you're you're completely right with what you're saying. It's completely cyclical. We know it's going to happen. And then you know, once you get the tape on him and you really game plan for him, he's an average quarterback. Pretty much. And I mean, and I I totally agree on the 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 whole bit you said about players love playing for him. I bet I bet he's one of the best guys in the locker room. He seems like a great guy. Um, you you hear nothing but good things about his character. But you know, at the end of the day, it's we're here to play football, not friends. Um, yep. so. You know, I, I, it's just, we know what's going to happen. We fucking read the book already. We've seen the movie. We fucking yeah. know what's coming. We know what's coming. The Jets, the Jets passed on the movie. The second <laughs> time around. It's like Cardell Jones said, we're not here to play school. Uh, <laughs> next game, Raiders and 
LA. This was last night. I saw a lot of people when the Raiders got up 13 points. A lot of people were arrested by the moment. And I knew it. I saw it. I saw the writing in the, like, Wade Davis, probably, I mean, best defensive mind. I mean, up there with, with the Bill Belichick's of the world and other great defensive guys in the league. As soon as he started making those adjustments, and as soon as I saw that Jared Cook was Derek Carr's main target, I knew they were in, headed for for trouble. Derek Carr wound up with three picks, no touchdowns. Marshawn Lynch, 11 attempts, 41 yards. Marshawn looked very good early on, but his age started to show later on. He started missing a lot of plays. He was getting fat, fatigued a lot. I mean, Cook, nine <laughs> receptions for 180 yards. You can't. Killed the- uh, he did kill it, he but as soon as they put Tlaib on that play. Yeah. I have a theory on Jared Cook. This is the first year in maybe seven, eight years he's not a fantasy football tight end sleeper. Every year, he is the, been the yeah. longest running fantasy football sleeper at tight end. And every year, it's like, what do you mean? It's like with the Raiders last year. It's like, no. And it's like the year before with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't throw to his tight end. Every year, he's a sleeper, the Titans. And he always is a bust. This year, he's not a sleeper. And the fly in my room. And he's killing it. So he's going to have a big year, I think. He yeah, is. I, mean, I picked him up in fantasy. It's, I was, I'm glad you said it, Sully, because it's just every year where every all year we hear about goes. is how yeah, how he's going to be the best fucking fantasy. So athletic. He's the most athletic guy in the league. Like, And it's just every year we get you know three catches for 32 yards. Like, <laughs> just yep. great, man. Spot on. Great. You got me four and a half points. Yeah, and it's just – but I, I will say the Raiders – like. Two things. It, one, do they like consider trading Amari Cooper? He's he's he had I've one catch on for him. nine yards. He hasn't been he's hasn't even been a mediocre receiver for over a year now. He was supposed to be like bust. the ah. next Hall of Fame receiver coming yeah. out of college, and he had a very good year. Not, you you know what I think it is? Truthfully, now. you know truthfully what I think it is. I think he just needs a change of scenery. I was I just about to say, if I'm does, someone yeah. like, if I'm someone who needs a wide receiver, I call the Raiders. And if I'm Dallas, call, I'm picking up yeah. that phone. Yeah, give me. I, we got a third or a fourth round pick for you. Like, take it or leave it. That you know? works for both teams. Because if you're Oakland, you need to get rid of him. Although you probably need another receiver. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe That's the, so the second tier of that is today. I don't know if you guys saw this news broke it like an hour and a half, two hours ago. Martavis Bryant is signing with the Raiders. Back with them, yeah. He wow. apparently is not getting suspended for a year and is going to suit up this Sunday for the Raiders. Well, That's he knows great. the playbook yeah. and all that shit, so good yeah. for him. But so so he's, there you go. I mean, I, I mean that's his, even further reason to trade know, Cooper. And that's why I kind of brought it up. Yeah. Um, so it's you. You wonder if that's kind of being discussed because, you know, even if we get the shitty version of Brian we got in Pittsburgh two years ago, it's better than what Cooper's been putting out. Yeah, it's just I mean, it's really it's shocking. How- no, it's not younger. He, like, was, he was he was taking on who was on him yesterday. It was um, Peters man. and Khalib. Uh, yeah, yo, that they Rams cycled defense. them, right? They're, they're good. I'm all in on the Rams. And you I, know, you know, I'll tell you so this. Good. I'll tell you this. They're very good, but they do not scare me. And I can tell you right now, if you spread them out, and I think if you effectively have a team that can, you know, at all positions, which there are some in the league, such as the Saints or whatnot, and you could spread them out and move quickly, I think you could beat that team. Because um, it, it negates the pass rush. And you saw it early on with the Raiders. 
Well, a lot of that, a lot of that, I think, was good play calling by John Gruden, and a lot of the energy from the Oakland fans of him being back. Well, and, I mean, what what I think it did prove is you better have a tight end and a slot receiver that can catch because your your outside guy sure shit ain't catching any balls <laughs> on those two guys. Yeah, I mean, that don't matter. Peters and Tlaib, yeah. that's that's the best duo. I mean, yeah. people say Tlaib fell off. I, I don't care. Even if he may did maybe did fall off a little, Peters and him. Yeah, I mean, eighty percent of Talib is still a top twenty say, uh, cornerback in the NFL. Easily, yeah. top fifteen, yeah, top for 15. sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I, I just still, you know, I think they're very good. I just think that defense can't be beat with the right, with the right. I mean, obviously, I, with my the right play call. That is, is although I think you can beat them at times. Is over a f- course of a sixty-minute football game, Aaron Donald and Sue, they're gonna wear you down, and they're gonna they're gonna mentally and physically wear you out and your offensive line unless you have a unless you have just big boys that know how to you know like the the, the Cowboys yeah, line yeah. from a couple years ago I think they just wear you down and I feel like you saw that and they eventually you know cars feeling like he has to do everything yeah, the line yeah. isn't holding up and and another thing this kind of change on their offensive line their offensive line is really good Whitworth yeah. is a stud. They, they and granted the you know they don't he have a captain. lot of energy to that they, team they, too, Whitworth. Yeah. Yeah, they He's got a team captain. Yeah, yeah. What is he? Thirteenth, fourteenth year. They signed him a year or two ago from the Bengals, right? Yeah, uh, he was. A, he, yeah, he was a longtime Bengal. Was yeah. he on the? Yeah, he was a Bengal his whole time. But yeah, I mean, Gruden, he has a lot of work to do. I mean, also the penalties killed them in that game, and yeah, it was it was also a product of their own fans. They were just so fucking excited. That they kept yelling, and then the snap count kept getting lost, and that was that was awful. But moving on to another, this was a very exciting game, um, kind of a showing out. Uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. I benched the Chargers defense. I don't know what it was. As soon as Bosa wasn't playing, I was like, I don't know. I think this Chiefs team is going to put up a lot of points. Uh, there were two touchdowns that Mahomes. It was shovel passes, and you know that that's not impressive. But there were I'm two passes. That up. There were two touchdown passes that he did throw that I really did like. It was the Anthony Sherman one over the. That was the defender. most impressive one. Yeah, and then the one to Tyreek Hill that he, I like that he Dark. snuck that into a very tight window. Yeah. But that was all Hill. Hill, like you're not gonna catch Hill one on one foot foot race. Um, Andy Reid, his coaching in that his play calling that play design around Mahomes, I think, has made him look incredible you know what i'm saying uh tyree kills seven receptions 170 yards basically two touchdowns travis kelsey travis kelsey one one reception six yards probably not gonna happen again th- but not, not yeah good no him. i think kelsey's gonna have a down year because when you when you're looking at a guy like hill hill's a guy that mahomes is a strong arms and smith he can get him to the ball in space and quick so the quicker yep. that he the balls in his hands the more damage he could do with his feet Someone like the tight end's the best best uh, friend to, for a guy like Alex Smith. He's efficient. Yeah, he knows yeah, where he's throwing the ball. Downs. He gets far, far. But when you a guy like Mahomes, I don't. He need it, and that chem- chemistry may come later on. But I don't think I don't think Kelsey's going to be a top fantasy option for fantasy guys. I think he won't even be top three or four to be honest. Ooh. I think he'll be very down year because I don't think he's going to be going to the tight end. I think he's going to be. They want to go vertical. They want. And another thing you saw, you saw they weren't really going to the running backs. Yep. In the past yeah, game, Kareem Hunt, Hunt, Hunt had like four and a half, five points. Yeah, and he 49 had, yards. He, had he didn't even have a reception. Yards, 16 carries. They didn't even not have a reception. Down, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, right? So that's the thing. Alex Smith's bread and butter was his tight ends and his and his running backs and his and his screens. So I, I think if you're a Kareem Hunter, you know, or a Travis Kelsey owner, I, I'd look to sell because he's gonna go. It, Hill's gonna have a huge year. Maybe Sammy Watkins has an improved year. I but really I also, like Sammy Watkins this year. Yeah. By the way, he looks I in sure great fucking hope shape. So. I drafted him. He looks in years. great shape. I really like. I think he's gonna have a very good year. And it just sheer. Like routes that he was running last year with the Rams versus the ones that I saw how clean they were he was running in that Chiefs game. I really like him this year. Uh, well, I, I'm definitely more I think I think Hunt will be okay, or at least more much more closer to what he, he was last year than Kelsey mm-hmm. will be his his expected career averages. Um I, I think Andy Reid just in inherently will will make sure Kareem Hunt's involved. That's just the type of plays he calls. Um, but he also is, he does like the deep ball. So um, Andy Reid's one of the best play callers in, in the NFL still. For sure. So Hands down. I, I think, uh, I think he, he'll be fine, but I, I do think there is some validity to the style in, in Mahomes game that kind of takes away for, for the need for the tight end. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be more of a, a fallout plan than a, than a first option. Yeah. Which is how we normally yeah, view I tight ends at. As more like the tight end has come alive, but usually it's not the number. Yeah, I mean, and still, even now, you're you're thinking maybe three to five tight ends are consistent, legit receiving options. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'd love Evan Ingram as a receiver, but is he even there yet? And he gets looked at a lot. That's the thing. He's not consistent yet. So, like, I you know, I mean, it's it's a it's few and far between. Even though there's a lot of athletic. Uh, tight ends with the ability. And here's what to I want to see plays. from Mahomes. I want to see him. I want to see him down 14, 17, nothing, down seven in the fourth quarter. I want to see him being able to come come back. When yeah. having the lead, I think that's so different. They had the lead the whole game. When he had the lead, I I was like, he might not throw any interceptions, even though I thought he was going to have trouble. He didn't because he had the lead. When he's down fourteen, nothing, and you know, whether it be Foxborough, I want to see how he it handles that adversity because there was no adversity in that game for him. It was all just. Give the ball to Hill in space, and you know. Yeah, what he ended up with four touchdowns. Yeah, have four. Anthony said the two were on the on the shovel passes. Yeah, the shovel passes, which a lot of teams are doing, and it's it's very smart. Instead of the the pitches, because if you do a shovel pass in front of you, it's an incomplete pass. It's an incomplete pass. Exactly. It's It's just annoying when you play Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, and I'm like, that's not a touchdown. (laughs) shouldn't be yeah i i started him <laughs> and i was so happy every time he did that i was like Still thank you god it. thank you god for this um i mean on the flip side pat uh philip rivers had another he had a good game three touchdowns only one pick he did throw it for 50 he threw it 51 times i mean keenan allen showed out Melvin gordon had a great receiving game not so much uh rushing attack but that's all right eckler I mean, Gordon Eckler, that that one-two combo is is so is becoming so lethal. Uh, Williams, Virgil Green, Antonio Gates didn't have a big game, but I think he's going to become more and more part of their game plan going forward. Just because it's Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers, you know that's that's like that's like peanut butter and jelly, like <laughs> fucking apple pie in America, you know things that go together. Um, yeah, but um, moving along from that game, that was a I love that game. Uh, Titans, Dolphins. This I want to touch on this because I think the Dolphins aren't as bad as everybody thinks they are. And Tannehill actually had a decent game, even though he threw two picks. 
But, you know, it was like a seven, what was it, like a seven, eight hour game with all those weather delays? Seven hours and like four minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was ridiculous. That was fucking crazy. And Kenny Stills, whoever has him in fantasy, I wanted to pick him up. And something in the back of my head was like, no, don't do not do it, don't do it. And fucking Kenny Stills, two touchdowns over 100 yards, four receptions. It was probably because Ryan Tannehill he didn't, but he, he played well in his last year. He did play pretty well. Um, you know, Tannehill gets a very bad rap. The, the, I guess the jury's out on him if we, he can be good, but he's not awful. Like he, he yeah, put up like yeah. he puts up like Andy Dalton type numbers. So like he's yep. like there's no way you tell me he's not a th- one of the thirty two best starting quarterbacks. Like especially when Nathan Peterman's one of those guys. Yeah, like, you know what? You know what's scary? And Dave, you could go right after. Um, past couple years, Tannehill and no. Dalton and Stafford have put up identical numbers. It's eerie, very eerie. Wait, I, are you sure about that? I I, I was looking Dalton and Matt Ryan. Um, give me a I'm second. Pretty sure it's Go Dalton. ahead. I'll, I'll, Dalton yeah, and Matt I mean, Ryan. Is Colin Coward does the thing on it where you take away Matt Ryan's uh, MVP year and he's basically Andy Dalton because Andy, Andy Dalton doesn't throw for four thousand yards every year like Stafford does. I know Stafford's thrown for four thousand plus yards seven past seven years. I believe. Yeah. I don't think Andy Dalton's that high in the past. Damn it! I just had the picture. It was it was um Dalton and Stafford. So it was look, yeah. So career numbers. Oh, this is just career numbers. So completion percentage: Stafford sixty-two, Dalton sixty-two point four, uh, Stafford four point five percent. What what does this even mean? It, maybe it's touchdown to picks ratio, but it's definitely not yards because Dalton's not a Dalton's only thrown for four thousand yards twice in his career. Yeah, no, he's normally around thirty four hundred. I need to get better numbers for that. We'll move past yeah. that. But, we need um, better numbers. Yeah, we need better numbers. I just saw that stat. But I do know, good. like Colin Coward says, he's he's Matt Ryan is Andy Dalton minus Andy Dalton uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan's MVP year. Yeah, they're basically yeah. virtually the same player. So, how about you know, Mariota? I'll tell you. Uh, I was going to say, that kind of sucks about Mariota, but I'll tell you, I like that uh, they're going with Deion Lewis as their number one running back. He had a decent day. Oh, 75 rushing him. with a I touchdown. What, 35, 35 yards off like four or five receptions, and then that 75 yeah, yards rushing four, and a touchdown? Yeah. Wait, he's going to he's gonna fit in real well on that team. He's going he's gonna, to – I think he's going to blow up this year. He's going to change the pace back, but I, I dislike that. And I love Dion. Don't get me wrong. Love Dion. But I think Henry should be the feature back because, all right, everybody labels Henry as this, all right, he's just a power back. and But, no, I think Henry has very good speed. He could make he could do a lot of things that people his size can't do. I mean, at Bama, he fucking put on a show. And maybe because I love them at Bama, I want him to be the number one guy now. But without Henry, they don't win that playoff games uh, against the Steelers last year. So I think Henry maybe give him a little bit more touches. Against wait, against the Steelers. It was the Titans and the Steelers, no? Or was the Titans? Yeah, it was the Titans Steelers. Titans were in the, the ones playoffs? Who- in the playoffs. No, the Titans you know, the, the Titans the Titans played the uh they upset the Chiefs. It was the Chiefs. Oh, right, right. The the, the Bills played the um, I'm not yeah, a Derek, it was the Chiefs. Yeah, it I'm was not the a Derek Chiefs. Henry fan. I'm biased Sorry. in this. I, I'm all team Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis is a better receiver, uh, more patient as a runner. I agree with Tom. He's more dynamic. Uh, Henry, yeah, you're right. He's not just a just he has some speed, but I if I'm 
I'm giving 66% of my touches to, to, Dion, to Lewis and 33 to Henry. I, I, Henry doesn't do it for me personally, but yeah. I never. Uh, I'm him. a little, I'm a little higher on Henry just because he's such a physical freak. Um, but uh, I just thought their offense in in general looked lost most of the day. I know it was a really odd circumstance given all the delays and shit. The game took like six and a half hours <laughs> from kickoff, you know. So like I, I, you know, I don't know if how much you can take in terms of you know conventional football wisdom out of this game. Um, but yeah, they just I don't know they they never really could string anything together against a, a Miami team that I know me and Sully really aren't high on. Um, but you know, it was just a, it was an odd game. Um, I think it's kind of a wash for both those teams. Um, you, you know, in that game, you're just you're lucky if you came away with the win because um, neither team really did anything impressive. Yeah, I need bigger numbers from Johnson. That's my that's my dude. I, he yeah. got me like 13 points in fantasy. Um, for why am I blanking now? Kenyon Kenyon Drake. Drake. Yeah, yeah. What I say? He'll, he'll be better. He'll be better, but Frank Gore did get a bunch of touches. He got a shit ton of touches. Um, we spoke about it a little bit, touch on it a little bit. Uh, Vikings, San Francisco. Jimmy G looked fucking very lost this game. Uh, facing facing pressure all day. Um, not a good showing. Kirk Cousins looked good in in Vite in that Vikings uniform. Um. Vikings moved into a tie with the Patriots for best Super Bowl odds, both at plus six, 600, six really? to one. So I, I like thought that was interesting. That's another team I'm, I'm really high on the Vikings. I know. Yeah, they're solid, man. And Dalvin I mean, Cook looked great. Dalvin is a beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he bounced back from that injury. I'm really glad Dalvin Cook bounced back. Yeah, very impressive. Beast. And if Laquan Treadwell could uh, hold on to more balls, he dropped like two passes. They would have had a. I know he. he Where's he caught a ball? It's like Ole Miss, Ole right? Miss. Yeah, yeah, Ole Miss, right? He he was a. I liked him at Ole Miss. He was a dy- dynamic talent. He, yeah, he, he disappeared. So, what, they year? never threw him. This is his third year. Um, but yeah, he was a. I, I was. I saw him catching balls. I was like, oh, I hope they incorporate him. He always. He was always a guy I thought was going to be real good. You, you, they got Thielen, obviously. They got Thielen and Diggs, and then and then Rudolph. I mean, their their offense. If Kirk Cousins can play good in, in big games, which we haven't seen, it's near perfect. Yeah, I think I think Diggs is going to have a monster year. <clears throat> yeah, I like, like him Diggs. a lot. He, he didn't have many yards, but he still had the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, right. He he only had like sixty yards or something like that. He had like yeah. 50 or 43. 40, yeah, 43. Feeling, Feeling, Feeling or Diggs this year. Feeling's very reliable. So I think he, he's more consistent. Yeah, he's just Mr. Consistent. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah he's Feeling, the yards. He's 102 guy. yards off six receptions. Yeah, he's a white guy. That's what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He doesn't He doesn't get the touchdowns. Like, he only gets four or five touchdowns a year. But, like, I think Diggs will definitely get nine or ten touchdowns. He's the touchdown threat. But yeah, conversely, yeah, that that ball was perfect. That Kirk threw to Diggs, that was nice. Yeah, that was a nice um, pass. But the other side, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo did. He looked not only not great, he looked awful. Are you um, so he, yeah, are we he, he NFL edition? Are you overreacting or not overreacting to Jimmy G's awful performance? Three I'm uh, I'm properly counter-reacting to the overreacting of last year. And the massive contract, even though last year he only <laughs> played fair. 
if you look at his numbers, he played decent. It was nothing yeah. pot like he had, and he had like pick. a one to one. He had like a one to one ratio for touchdown to interception. Yeah. Picks, I believe. Yeah, and but, uh, but they were winning, so they're like, oh, he's a winner. Yep. Yeah, and what he he was one one pick, th- one, three interceptions, one touchdown, and like a hundred and eighty yeah. something yards or something like that. No, like two hundred. Two, get over two hundred. Two sixty. Okay, okay, okay. Barely completed. No, he completed half of his throws. Um, one pick, three. Uh, one touchdown, three picks. Yep. If I'm, go. if I'm, and he missed, he he missed some. Uh, some he missed Greg Kittle open throws. for a, for a touchdown and. Yeah, he did. Quarter, I think wide open. And another yeah, was another pass that was going to be like a 30-40 yard gain. Yeah. So, if I'm if I'm for if I'm looking at them this year if I'm a Niners fan for this year, I'm definitely concerned. I think they're they're not going to be, you know, they're going to be I think maybe a you know, 7-8 win team at best maybe this year. But long term, I think they'll be fine with him, but they gave him a lot of money. I mean, you don't yeah. produce one one Positive yeah, for the Niners. Their defense looked very good, holding the Vikings twenty four points. But their defense definitely had a lot of good spots there. Solid. Yeah, Sherman. Sherman looked pretty good. I was surprised that he played as well as he did. I think he had a he had a fumble recovery. I'm pretty sure. He did. He did. He fell right on. Yeah, top I mean, of coming it, back right. from that coming coming back from that injury, he he looked like he was. He definitely wasn't full speed. He definitely wasn't a hundred percent, but he he looked pretty good. He got burned a couple times. Once he gets, I forget his legs, was it um was it Diggs who burned him? Diggs it, like there was a double move. There was a double side. move, and I think it was Cook who did a double move on him. And he oh, like, you're right, it was Cook. It was and Alan he fell Cook, that. Yeah. yeah, that was that was bad. Um, moving to another game because we are getting up there. Um, Bengals Colts. That was a that was a very close, good game, actually, and and. Fucking luck at one point completed like thirteen out of thirteen passes, like went on a crazy stretch where you you saw like this guy's back threw fifty three passes, completed thirty nine of them, and if it wasn't for that awful fumble at the end, um, or no, it was a yeah, it was a fumble, it was a it catch was, fumble, it was a fumble by Doyle, yeah, it was a catch fumble. Uh, they were driving. You don't know what could have happened in that, and. I mean the Bengals. I Dalton had a good game, twenty one for twenty eight, two touchdowns, huh. one pick. Um I, I said it, I like what I saw from Dalton preseason and he's not looking bad. I just need Tyler Eifert to score more now that I got fucking he's my primary <laughs> tight end. But not a bad showing from this Bengals team with uh Marvin Lewis coaching them for the thirty second year, it feels like. Yeah, well, let's not go on the Martin Lewis rant for one one episode. <laughs> but if you're the if you're the the Colts, I I think you're very th- you're almost thrilled though with how luck played and you're just yep. luck looks yep. to be pretty back like 300 yards with two touchdowns, one pick, very in the the you know that the fumble touchdown made it seem not as close as it was. They had the lead for most of the game. If you're this is as happy as you can be for a loss, I think if you're the Colts, like they. Luck, luck is the guy you're worried about for for your future. Exactly. Yeah, but I I gotta give credit to Cincy. They they look good. I mean, albeit against a terrible Colts defense, but Joe Mixon looked great. AJ Green he had a, a drop and a fumble, but I mean he he caught a couple great passes. Um, it was they, they uh I thought that game was gonna be much closer and possibly a loss than it was. Yeah, no, and a, a lot of people can say you know. 
have been saying the same thing. Even John Ross got in the mix, catching a touchdown, three yeah. yards. But still, that guy was basically in the doghouse of the doghouse last year. Now he's out there. Yeah. Now he's out there. Um, Tom, anything? Imagine being in Marvin Lewis's doghouse. Like, what a fucking <laughs> shitty place to be. How about Hugh Jackson's <laughs> doghouse? Yeah, Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackson. <laughs> he has no right to have Hugh, a doghouse. You get in my fucking doghouse, not the you're other way with, around. You're here with the Browns. They, uh, Josh Gordon wasn't supposed to start, but he started because of the play call by the offensive coordinator, and it was like yeah. it was like a big issue. It was a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah, because yeah, on like, that personnel grouping, there's there's far too many of those mistakes with that team, and it's ugh. and it starts with uh, Hugh Jackson, who I love as a quarterback coach, and I want to do well, but. I don't think he's fit to be head coach. It seems like he's not organized. Like he doesn't have his ducks in a row. Like he just he needs to go back. I think to being a quarterback coach, and he's very good at that. I think I the love, coaching had, is too much for him. I love like how certain guys just stick around because they're quarterback whisperers. You know what I'm saying? Like these these guys yeah. just brought in like Hugh Jackson, uh, the North Turners of the world. You know these guys work very well with the quarterback. But yeah, I mean it was a great game. Very interesting coming down the wire. Another good game, which was a whole a mix of emotions. The Steelers versus the Browns ending in a tie. Um, a tie? <laughs> in a tie. <laughs> Not a um, loss. 21-21. They didn't win, but they didn't lose either. That, that uh, Bud Light fridge Ooh. stays locked. But, yeah, I mean, the Browns had plenty of opportunities to win this game. You know, the, the kick... A lot of shit came down. You know, one bright spot for the Steelers, I want to say James Conner played a great game. Uh, TJ Watt, three sacks. This guy is silently becoming better than his brother, who was non-existent against the Pats. And um, I think that the Browns' defense, too, which I started, they did a great job. Big Ben looked lost, kind of. not. He couldn't sense any pressure, just stepping up and doing a lot of dumb stuff. Um, just an interesting game. What do you think, Tom? You watch it? You were down in Tampa? Yeah, no, I actually caught the end of that game. But the Browns, they had a chance to win. They were driving down the field at the end there with time running down the last minute, and they went for the touchdown rather than the uh, field goal. I think at that point they should have – I mean, it was like a 55-yard field goal attempt, I think, but nine seconds left on the clock. I think you just – you go for the field goal – and you hope for the win. You haven't won a game in a season. I mean, why why are you going for a touchdown and leaving some time on the clock? Albeit it was nine seconds. So, I mean, you can't do much with nine seconds when you're all the way when you intercept the ball at about the ten yard line. But I think the field goal attempt would have been better to go with at the end of regulation there. But you know, they're the fucking Browns, so they're gonna find like a way of, to of, mess something up. Like, of course that kick got blocked. Like, of course it did. There's yeah. No other, oh, yeah. And then no that was even worse when they got blocked. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. No, they're not gonna fucking do it. <laughs> Although the comeback in the fourth quarter was pretty awesome. Cut that. Them yeah. scoring twice in the fourth quarter. That was that was cool to see. Yeah. I'm so distraught. Sonny Gray is getting rocked. The one time I pick up a Yankee, the entire season, he's getting rocked. Three yeah. runs, two innings. There goes my parlay. I'm so mad. Literally the only time fantasy playoffs I pick them up. Oh, this is why I hate the Yankees. <laughs> What's the Sox score? 
Two uh, nothing, two nothing Toronto in the bottom, going to the bottom of the there you go. You got that right, Jones. Nice. I'm up three and a half. Well, maybe the game's not over yet. It's only only two runs. Shit. Only two runs. In the last two games, speaking of not over yet, we're gonna go with let's go Pats Texans. We could pass over that quickly. Deshaun Watson looked very rusty. The Pats. Uh, the f- defense looked very good up front. We were getting to Watson on every play. Watson looked completely lost back there. Didn't know what was going on. Uh, the game was not as close as it seems. Twenty-seven twenty. Brady looked all right. he looked good. I looked at that back shoulder pass to Gronk. Uh, the James White one was basically all James White making guys miss. And then the one to Philip Dorsett was great because I like I've always liked Philip Dorsett and his skill set. And now. You know he's coming into fruition. He's uh, he looks like he has a firm grip on the playbook and has earned Brady's trust. Um, it was a slow game. We just ran it all game. The Texans very, basically very slow game. Yeah, very slow game. The Texans couldn't generate any pass rush. JJ Watt looks like a shell of himself. I'm sure he'll he'll you know he'll get back into football conditioning. He's been out of the league for a while, so yeah. Clowney was getting legitimately frustrated. He was getting so frustrated. He was like pounding the turf at one point. He was he was not having any of it. The O-line held up real well for the Pats this week, honestly. And not for the Texans. That's their Achilles heel. The Texans are... Oh. Yeah, because the, there's no way O-line that the Pats' is... D-line is that good. <laughs> no, they're, they're shambles. They're just... They're they're yeah. they're drunk sorority girl on a Thursday night make out with ten guys bad like what what did I do I don't I don't remember anything you fucked three guys and made out with ten guys that, that's what happened you know very well what happened Pam Susan whatever Susan Pam. Susan and then we can end it with you know I know this was the most electrifying game starting with Khalil Mack. Basically taking over the game, you think, "Oh my God, Deshaun Kaiser's coming in." Um, this game's over, and then Aaron Rodgers comes back from the fucking. I, I feel like he staged all this shit. Just kind of shows how how damn good he is. Comes back, leads that team back. I also want to give credit to the Packers defense because the, they clamped down and they, you know, they started doing what they had to do there, and. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does and brings that team back with one foot. I mean, one leg, and they win. Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT. The GOAT. How about Tom Brady saying Aaron Rodgers is better than him? That was amazing. Brady I mean, also said right. Peyton Manning is better than him. So. Wait, well, I mean, you know, the, the man's right, lie, the man's though. right. The numbers don't lie. Aaron Rodgers... <laughs> Aaron, the, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback we've ever seen. The numbers tell it. The eye test tells it. He doesn't. He hasn't had the situation, obviously, that you know a Brady or a Montana has with defensively and coaching. But talent wise, and there's just to me, I don't. Talent wise, he's talent wise, there's just, look, there's just he's things he can do that Brady can't do. Brady can't run on the. Of throw, course not. Oh on, no, and I will never argue that. And I've said this before. But Rodgers he's the, the best best, player, obviously. He's Brady. The, he's the most talented quarterback I have ever seen. I will never argue that. But then the accomplished label, though, that's kind of like you would give that to to uh, Terry Bradshaw or Troy Aikman, the guys who won four touchdowns, I mean, four rings by basically only having a great defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brady has put up those numbers. 
Well, his first I, w- I would say that Brady's more, more accomplished in every measurable way than those guys. Yeah, he is. That's yeah. that's that's. He's saying yeah. he's saying they relied on other factors more, where Brady did more of on used more of yeah, himself on his own. I, I think the first three. Yeah, true. I think yeah, it's true, but it's just. It's just, yeah, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback. The things, the platforms he could throw on the run, it's just Nobody incredible. Could do that. It's vintage, Nobody it was could vintage Aaron. Nobody could do that at all, and and it's it's crazy because when he went down, I was actually pissed off because he's so important to our league. Like, if you lose a guy like Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, that just takes so much out of the league because you want to see those great players. You know what I'm saying? And right now, I will say, I think it's 1A, Rodgers, best player. And then I think it's 1B, Brady. I, I don't think right now Brady's better than Rodgers. I think overall, it's like if you're speaking of greatest QB of all time, I would I would still go Brady. But there's just oh, well, so t- I mean, wait, you're talking about this year? It's definitely Rodgers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I, and I will... I will Agree with any Pats fan. I mean, I would disagree with any Pats fan that says otherwise, because then that that would just be a homer pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of great football, and next week we have even more good football. We have Jags Pats, that AFC Championship rematch at four twenty five. That's gonna be that's uh, pretty good, and that's gonna be tele- televised locally, so I could watch it. Thankfully, but um. Anything else you guys want to say? What do we? When do we think Le'Veon comes back? Oh, Le'Veon. Ooh, that's a good one. He's uh, coming week back. Nine. Week Never. ten. Week yeah. Week nine. Never. Week ten. Week nine. Whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. He, I mean, whatever yeah, the, whatever that cutoff date is for him to not get franchise tagged. That's when he's coming back. Connor fucking killed it. He killed it. He did have a good yeah. game. You see the the, the shit with the uh, he was. A, Le'Veon was going back and forth with Eric Ebron and Pat McAfee about going to the Colts on Instagram today. I didn't see that. What? No, I didn't. Hey. What'd they say? Uh, he he commented on something, and then uh, Eric Ebron or Pat McAfee was like, "Hey, come to Indianapolis. There's great houses and and restaurants here." And then Eric Ebron commented, "Like lots of cap space too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be huge. A lot uh, him and. You know, Ty. If they can, if they can get sign him, build up that offensive line a little more next off season, a lot on top of a, a well, decent. Can they? Offense. Can they? If they give him a hundred million, <laughs> can they build up that <laughs> offensive line? They, Maybe they not. Did, they did draft some offensive linemen, and they they have some young talent on defense. So I think there is that would be a dynamic offense for sure. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It would just uh, it would be tough for me to see them as a Super Bowl contender. I guess with. If he they give him twenty million or nineteen million a year, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's tough. And who needs who needs Le'Veon when when Connor is getting two touchdowns, hundred ninety yards for your fantasy team? <sighs> yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, good. He, seriously, I, he, won't, he he won't be consistent with that. I don't think. But no, no, good. obviously he's not going to do that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if he can get a hundred scrimmage yards a game and a touchdown, mm, Le'Veon for looks sure. more and more expendable. Yeah, I'll, let's let's leave it with this. What's um. We spoke about with Big Ben. I think it's very early. You give him the benefit of the doubt, but Big Ben, that was not a good showing. Even though I like that Browns defense a lot more than other people do, but that was bad. Even he's just not the same player 
on the road as he is at home. He's the yeah. splits are splits yep. tell every bit of the story. Yeah, it's right. It's right there. I think the end is very near for Big Ben. I yeah. think the end I mean, is very I, near. Some will disagree. They, Some will say we have the benefit, give him the benefit of the doubt, and that's fine. But I think, I think this will be his last year. I think it's the retirement tour for him and Brady. Yo, Ooh. Jones. Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to say I'm that? I'm telling you. How about we do this? How about we do this? I'll change it up a little bit. How about let's all make one bold prediction that we think will come true by next week at this time, NFL-wise. Ooh. Damn. Off the top of the heads. Mm, I think uh, Eli Manning ooh. is going to throw for four touchdowns this Sunday. Against the Cowboys. Ooh. Against the Cowboys. Four touchdowns. Lock it in. Okay. All right. I like it. That's bold. That's very bold. Very I'm looking bold. at the games right now, thinking of something. Um, anyone else got one? Jeez. Uh, I really just sprung it on everyone real quick. That was good, though. Kept you on your toes. Tom Brady will throw three interceptions against the Jaguars. Ooh, I love Ooh. that one. I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I'm not going to lie. I could see it. The oh, Bears. I have, one I, I have one. Are you about? To, were you about to say something about the Bears and Seahawks? No, I was alluding to an injury that could happen. I don't want to say that because it's really fucked up. <laughs> right, I'm going to say that the Bears, like the, the Bears are going to the Bears are going to smoke the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. All right. Okay. All right. And I will go with this. I'm not, I'm going to stay away from the injury because it's it's messed up. All, <laughs> all I'll say is all I'll say is I don't think Aaron Rodgers should play this week against the team that hurt him last last year with the broken collarbone and that vicious Vikings defense. If he plays, I think something bad will happen. But my prediction will be I'm not predicting an injury. I'm just saying I don't think that's the defense you want to play. Who hurt you last year? And he's he's who knows? He could have a season-ending knee injury. I'd hope that doesn't happen. I will yeah, say I the Steelers blow the top off the Chiefs, and I, they say Mahomes Ooh. struggles and throws two interceptions, and the Steelers have a huge and Big Ben bounces back. Even though I said the, the I think the Chiefs secondary is very poor. I think the Steelers at home have a big game, win by ten plus. All right, bold. I like it. Let's remember these for next week. And next week, viewers, I know we haven't touched baseball in two weeks, but we will start off with baseball. I promise you that we will be going back to baseball and then yeah, we, rest of the episode will be football. Yeah, rest of the episode will be football, but we will be going back to that. And have a good one. Join us back next week. Thank you. Peace.